Hello. If you enjoy this podcast, please pay our producer. Their name is Sonia Berg. They're really cool. They're in college and could use a cup of coffee or something relaxing because college is stressful. Their payment information is in the description. Thank you. This show is a series of conversations amongst really good friends. We come from different generations and have different life situations. And those situations are even changing as we record this. We decided when we began that this might be a helpful conversation for others to be a part of. So we offer this to you as a gift. In the words of Dr. Adrian Keene, we have decided to consent to learn in public with you. We intend to be mindful, authentic, and responsible with our words. But we also expect to mess up and learn through this conversation. Take a look at America today. I wish I could give you better news. That I am suspending my campaign. 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden. And all those little girls. We're going to have to wait four more years. And the path toward victory is virtually impossible. For some of these other candidates to get behind Joe Biden. I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. Hello, I am Dan Giles. I prefer he, him, his pronouns. I do science for fun and as part of my studies towards a PhD. Recently, somebody saw my work and then had a Twitter thread about all like the weird stuff that I did. And it was super exciting because that's exactly what I want to have happen with my work is that other people see it and are like, what is this? What are this? Hey, this is cool. That's me. My name is Addie. I use pronouns like she and her, and I live in a home in Silicon Valley, which this week I looked it up, and it is the most expensive place to live in the U.S. Household goods and groceries are 24% more expensive here than the average um, median of household goods in the country. What? Um, I work with young people, and I have a new dog named Oliver and a cat, and I like to crochet welcome blankets. My name is Ari. I use he, him, and they, them pronouns, and I like it when people use both. No one in any of my classes has listened to that, which is fun. Um, I am 18 years old and a student and an artist. I attend the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, which is also in Council of the Three Fires territory. I had my first real critique of art school yesterday. And it actually went very well. People liked the art that I did. It was all about a little plastic lizard. So that was exciting. Maybe I'll post it on my Instagram and then you can check it out. (laughs) Hi, I'm Julia. Finally uh, found my voice again after um, being on video calls all week and using my baby voice because I can't control it. Um, But I know you guys, so it's easier to be correct. Um, Natural, authentic. I use she, her, hers pronouns. I um, live on occupied, uh, counseled the Three Fires territory, um, and I am an AmeriCorps volunteer with City Year, and um, doing a few other things, uh, lobbying and organizing and um, 
trying to remember that I have a body and I need to take care of it. Uh, thanks for listening. It's good to be with you guys. Y'all, our kids are weird. You sent me that TikTok of the, like, when you come home from art school and realize not everyone is, like, gay and liberal. <laughs> our kids are, like, le- like left-leaning in a weird way. <laughs> that, like, Go makes into me kind that. of uncomfortable sometimes. It's, like, I want to make sure that I, like, save that as we could talk about here. It's, um, especially because, frankly, like, I mean, SASC is, is very white. There's, I mean, it's... 30% international students, and most of those international students are East Asian, but it's still, mo- like, a mostly white school. Um, and, like, I feel like a lot of the the white kids there are still, like, woke or, like, trying to, I don't know, or, are, like, trying to be, like, politically conscious. Um, I feel like a lot of them are. But it's, like, this weird way that, like, very, that doesn't actually center, like, marginalized people very much where it's like like every other like kid has like a cab in their bio or something like that but like no one's taught like but no one has like black lives matter in their bio and it's just it's weird how like that particular like dichotomy i guess it's been weird how much i've noticed it where i'll be like walking with people and they'll see a cop car and they'll be like fuck cops or something and i'm like yeah, but also anti-establishment, but ultimately they go to a very established place. And and don't critique it. I think in the ways that are would probably be healthy. I don't know. Someone one time in a group chat was like like got really mad because someone in a different group chat had said like art school is a scam or college is a scam or something. And then everyone was like, "How can you say that and still go to one?" And like you like you need to like I don't know respect the fact that you're here and things like that. And it was just very. Do you think so that sort of thing doesn't like going around as a white kid just like saying fuck the police is not going to like really affect them do you think it it i wonder if there are like potential i mean definitely there could be negative ramifications for marginalized communities if you like wind up the police who are not going to act against white communities um they also aren't saying it like to the police themselves they'll just be like we'll just walk past one and they'll be like to me they'll be like fuck 12 or something and i'm like eh, okay like, <laughs> cool. it, you're saying that to me someone who agrees how, and quietly how, how are we doing that <laughs> yeah well posturing is a real thing it's just it's just a thing i've noticed where i'm like i don't know at first i was like oh my god all these art kids have like fuck cops in their bio now i'm like oh this is kind of i don't like that all right what do you think well, I, I think different, maybe, like, the resource link is different, but if someone says Black Lives Matter in their bio, what's the difference between that and saying something on the street about the cops? Yeah, Like, so why is one... I don't, I mean, number one, I'm not against saying, like, fuck cops. I say, I, yeah. I say things that are anti-cop mm-hmm. all the time, oh, because that is a thing You've I got think, a great but... ACAB print that, hopefully, maybe people could even still You can still get, purchase it, if you would like. <laughs> hit me up on instagram um yeah no i'm all for that stuff it's just it's the issue is when you only when you only say like if you think about like an issue that's about like cops and like systems of policing um being like inherently violent towards black people when you only talk Mm -hmm. about and that like being anti-establishment you're centering the establishment and the oppressor rather than like centering mm-hmm. the voices of the people that are actually being harmed. And like, so you're not uplifting black it. people. You're just talking about how you 
like you, you hate cops and also there's maybe not like as much i think there's also maybe a way that when people talk about cops they without it, like when a white person says they hate cops but they don't say black lives matter then they can also like sort of skirt away from their own whiteness because they're like addressing like a like a like a role rather than a race yeah. so Ooh, yes. it's not bad to say like a cap or things like that it's just like important to say to like recognize well, the context I mean, I w- in which you're saying that and make sure to say black lives I think matter the one thing that i'm wondering is is it potentially bad if you're saying it just kind of entirely out of context and without like a community and you're kind of going on on your own to be doing these things without actually paying attention to the movements that are in place um like looters and rioters are typically not acting within a framework of um like a they're not associated with the protests and b they're if they like even align with protests they are acting outside of um communities that are trying to make real change and then the repercussion comes back on the people who are trying to make the real change i, I think that yeah, well, some some looters but i don't think every like you're not trying to paint looters like they're right like, i feel yeah, like no. msnbc is like they don't belong here they're not from the state and like they don't exist and so don't even talk about them that's not what you're trying to say dan just that's to not clarify what I'm a little yeah. bit yeah, um, i don't yes all right i, I think well one i don't I think wealth redistribution is generally a good thing. I'm mm-hmm. not like I'm I'm not here to police the ways that people choose to like resist like hundreds of years of oppression and violence. Um I don't think that and I think even when people are like, well it reflect like I don't know, even when we were talking about last week about when like police like the like frontline workers that got fired and things like that with like you you, you see police like mm-hmm. the police then choosing to retaliate against those communities because of like wealth redistribution, which is what I'm calling it, because uh, mm-hmm. I don't like how like rioting and looting sound. Um, mm-hmm. They like that's also a choice. So I also don't think it's fair to like say mm-hmm. to the people that are doing those things like you are you are bringing violence to your community when like ultimately right. no so. I'm not talking about the people oh, from okay. communities who are, like, rising up and saying, like, I don't have an outlet for all of this rage that I'm feeling, and, like, I'm going to take it out on the businesses which are insured, and, like, this is the only way yeah. I have to, like, I'm talking about the people who are taking advantage of a situation to be, like, I'm part of this movement, I'm standing in solidarity, yeah. I'm oh, gonna yeah. fuck like shit up. Like a white up. person going in. I feel like, Dan, what you're talking about is, like, why they say when you're doing work on the ground in Palestine mm-hmm. not to talk to yes, the yes. soldiers, because as an international person who's not Palestinian, you won't be there the next day. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah. So even if you're going up to the soldiers to say like, I think what you're doing here is wrong and everything is bad. (laughs) What the soldier sees is that like Palestinians have friends and will crack down on Palestinians. And it's a retaliation. They call them like retaliation attacks. So it'll end up being bad for Palestinians if you, do that i think yeah. that mm-hmm. that's what i thought you were saying the whole time Dan, yes yes that is that sorry clear. i think I'm, i think i misunderstood you then sorry i didn't make that clear that's on me addy thank you for helping me to clarify that reminds me of that the way that like we when we had that conversation when we crossed the border um from mexico to the u.s and how mm-hmm. we were like we're we think border patrol is evil Mm-hmm. But we can't be rude to them because we don't know and who's who coming was the next. We? 
um, tell people um, about this? Almost completely white group of people mm-hmm. um, from the United States with yeah. U.S. citizenship and passports. Um, so it was just like this weird thing, but I'm glad that we talked about that then. Because mm-hmm. I am <coughs> noticing that um, protests like that are led by people of color, especially like black youth, um, like the, la- the last few protests um, before the Board of Education vote, and even some other stuff that I've been to, like, um, I think that where there is a, there is a lot of consciousness about, like, because, because there's so many white people coming into this movement, um, there is a lot of, like, the organizers trying to educate people on, like, what their role is, um, and there are some people who sometimes will just get really mad at the police and start yelling at them, and I'm like, that, not your job, like, don't, and I don't know, it's, that, it, it's a complicate. it's another, it's another level of, of understanding that, um, it is good that you are upset that people are being hurt, it is good that you feel some level of pain and rage, um, and you can, like, the way that you direct it, you also have greater responsibility for because it's gonna not affect you the same way it's gonna affect somebody else. Yeah. I feel like we said this last time, right? That we know as non-black people that we have to show up in all of this work and uh, differently than black yeah. people show up to the work. It's and that just... our, what we do is not prescriptive to other people. In fact, we should probably be doing different things. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, I guess I get surprised sometimes when it happens because I'm like, I have been to, like, a, th- a few trainings, and even when I wasn't at trainings, I would see people posting about it. So, like, I feel like there's enough information out there for us to know that we shouldn't be escalating situations. And so I get surprised when people who, like, you know, are clearly somewhat invested in things because they hear about these protests that, like, aren't, like, the big protest. Um, and they come and they show up with their bodies that they, like, are invested in this, but they, they, like, didn't get, like, they're not exercising that memo. Um, I don't know, that practice. That's not a, my language is weird right now, but I think you guys know what I I'm think it, to say. it's exactly, I mean, I don't know if we're, like, just making up a cartoon, but I feel like I can totally picture the person Ari mentioned already that was just yelling at the police. Like, I feel like we get that, there's a person who's just, like, I'm here taking up space because I want you to know that this is cool. <laughs> like, And that is just, that shows up at the lunch table and in activist spaces. Like, it's just a person that's everywhere. And um, I also just wonder with it how much of it is actually trying to, like, like, how much of it is actually, like, a liberatory politic versus just, like, I don't know, like, like fuck the system, like, mm-hmm. versus just, like, a, a, I don't, I don't want to say punk because, like, that's referencing a specific group, but, like, I don't know, just, like, I don't like things that other people think are cool, like yeah. that kind of sentiment, but yeah. with, like, politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if that energy can be harnessed and aimed in a good direction that isn't just, like, performative allyship. Like, yeah, I think would, it like, can. People would, like, open I mean... their purses. That'd be pretty cool. It's being, like, <laughs> people also really like holding on to their money. What if you didn't do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the most radical things we can do sometimes, people don't see it. 
using our bodies is vital and it's not the only part of the work because we are not just our bodies no but oh my gosh i like (sighs) doing everything on a screen i know that like it's september and so we've been doing this for a long time but my like i am so like like my existence is so disconnected from like my body sometimes because i'm not doing anything with my body so i today i didn't have to be on camera all day at work because we had trainings um Mm -hmm. so i like got my yoga mat out and i just like did stuff during one of the trainings because i was like i need to move my spine Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just a thing that, like, has hit really hard this week, is, like, the pain and stiffness, like, hit really hard. Mm. Yeah. Julia, yeah, what do you think about related. the... What you th- Well, let's relate it back. What do you think about the somatic exercises we did last night at the training you went... Or the, like, mm-hmm. intro thing? That was cool. Can you tell people about it? Um, tell people that... Well... Um, I went to the kickoff for the Presbyterian Peace Fellowship, um, defund the police action circles, because Addie told me about it, and I went, and, um, they were just, it was, it was nice, because they were just talking about how relational the work is, and, um, it's people from all over the country, and we spent, like, a good chunk of the meeting. Like, it wasn't, like, rushed at all. Um, doing the somatic exercise. Like, feeling our bodies and thinking about, um, I don't know. It's, like, a more basic level of, of, uh, perceiving from a sensory standpoint. Um, I don't know. I'm sure Eddie actually knows what it is. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do the, the circles, but it was a great space. Good energy. It's, I've never heard of this before, but there's a woman who's one of the facilitators, and she's, like, making the claim that we have to do somatic work to be anti-racist also, so that we, like, have to, like, it's part of white supremacy that we have done certain things to our bodies, and so to counteract white supremacy and work towards anti-racism, we have to do body work. And I've never heard anyone say that before. And it's really cool. She did it for the facilitators and she did it last night. And I think she's going to keep giving us resources. I'm not a practitioner of it, so I can't like say more than that. Can, but can you say what somatic work is for like, those Oh, like body, that? like um, feeling things that, like if you have, if you're sick and you're feeling like somatically it's that you have like a sore sore throat and your nose is itchy and your eyes are runny and stuff and so like doing anti-racist somatic work is like focusing on the ways that your body is afraid and is uh like uncomfortable and um and feels isolated or feels uh closer to people that type of thing Hmm. (coughs) i've never heard of it before but i think it's like awesome yeah, I think I'd heard of it, but I didn't expect it. Like, I don't know. I'd never practiced anything related to it, and I ne- <laughs> definitely didn't expect it in this context, but I think that it's something I'm going to think about more. 
white supremacy in our relationship to our bodies. So last week I had posed a question at the end uh, that I wanted to talk about today. Um, okay. Like last week we talked about as a white person like taking responsibility for voting, um, and then this week the question is, can you like take responsibility for voting and vote third party? Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. as a white person, are you allowed to vote third party? I think. Well, I I don't know. I didn't prepare for this, but I will take the opportunity again to say that I was president of Green Party when I was in college, and um, I love the 10 core values of Green Party, and I think think my initial reaction is if, if we've decided that as a white person you do need to vote, then did we decide that because you need to vote? Uh, like have your vote be I don't know what word to say I was going to say effective or meaningful but I don't like any of those words to have your vote sway the election or did we decide that you need to vote because it's a it's a practice that is a part of being responsible so I think that that would like I am of the opinion that if you vote for a green party you're not voting for the person that you're winning I think that's pretty statistically uh historically true could be a revolution i'm ready for that but um so i think i'd need to know the how why if we decided that you have to vote as a white person did we decide it for one reason or the other does that make sense because if we just decided it because it's a practice that's important that we need to be a part of the system that we created i think is a little bit of what you said last time ari then of course you should be allowed to vote for a green party candidate or any any third party candidate if um we did it if we're deciding we need to be a part of swaying the system we created then i would i would talk more about it can i just Um, do something real quick yeah just for our 32 listeners (laughs) we keep talking about you guys um just so you know we love you uh and i just wanted to use this platform that we have here um because we have more listeners than I have Twitter followers, um, <laughs> that <laughs> to, to let you guys know what the Green Party platform is, um, oh, there's okay. eight things on their website that they're boosting, uh, Medicare for all, COVID-19 relief, that one's vague, um, Green New Deal, the person they're running okay. was like the first person to run on the Green New Deal in 2010, he's kind of old, um, okay. community control police, which national politicians are not otherwise talking about um so like cpac basically for people you can look that one up guys um more about that one yeah capital uh sustainable agriculture and food systems um the economic bill of rights uh guarantee the right to the living wage job income above poverty decent home comprehensive health care and a good public education from child care um and pre-k through college and a secure retirement so that'd be great and (laughs) endless wars reduce the military budget and reverse imperialist policies and legalize marijuana and end the war on drugs yeah i love the anti-war things i mean Mm -hmm. i'm not sure when i said the um the what do you call it the i want to do more research about the not more research about cpac about what they mean by com- community control of police. Like, I want to, that seems a little bit vague. I want to learn more about what that means. 
Okay, so here's a question I have if anybody is better on history than I am. I am not good on political history, not really. Um, so how do parties change? Because, like, we didn't start with Democrats and Republicans. We have gone through different parties over the course of years. So is it that third parties came in and, like, took over? Or is it that the party kind of just changed its names and its values and then, like, rebranded? I took a push. I'm supposed to know this. <laughs> um, I did well on the exam, too. I'm really supposed to know this. Um, I think... I know there have been, like, m multiple parties and that, like, Democrats and Republicans have, like, come through pretty strongly. <laughs> like, there have been third parties. Those third parties have mo mostly died out pretty fast in terms of, like, you know, being actually significant. Um, like contenders mm -hmm. but then democrats and republicans kind of the little flip-flop uh mm -hmm. in terms of like republicans more than like a more progressive party and then right. that flipped i think in the early 1900s but i can't remember uh, i believe this I is think true it was more around yeah, the around... 50s and 60s oh was? yeah okay. it was when uh, the when the southern it used to be a lot of Southern Democrats. Like the Dixie Crats. Oh, right, yeah. right, 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 they right, all right. voted And Martin Luther King Nicks. was a Republican. So that was a switch. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. I Turpin. also am supposed to know this. Um, but if you well, watch I think anything, there have so been anyway, several parties. I, I also took AP U.S. History, but that was a long time ago. That was longer yeah, ago. I also took AP U.S. Gov. But Me too. Gov, but that's about a year ago, actually. Oh, so Julia, you're more on the hook than I am. I'm Mr. supposed Turpin, to know this. If, you, if you're one of our 31 listeners, I'm sorry. I really like <laughs> hey, your hey, class. Hey, hey, hey! I think we're up to 32. Thank you very much. I want to go check our listeners. So Dan, I I don't think I kind of get why you're asking this, but does it matter? Because we have two right it, now. Right. So the reason that I think this question is relevant is because like if it is that like third parties can eventually like overwhelm one of the two primary parties then like the ground support for a third party I like I think it makes more sense to like support that and like be a part of of that kind of like uprising whereas if it's like rebranding and like values changing and changing their names over the years um, or, like, absorbing third parties and then, like, changing around policies, then, um, in my mind, it makes more sense to, like, change the party from within. Um, so, I think it's been, I, I don't know this, so, like, if I'm wrong, then the person, the 32 people listening can just be like, oh, this is dumb. But I think it's a, it's absorbing different constituents. The constituency has changed. Not that the parties have been, like, the Whigs were like, ooh, now we're this. It's that, like, more immigrants were able to vote, more people were enfranchised, more, uh, less people were enfranchised, like, voting moved around in different places because of redlining. Like, I think it's been more about changing the actual people who vote and have so access like to vote than it has been about changing blocks. the party. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um... These are details we should know, probably. So if you have a bunch point. of immigrants who are Catholic, then the the party changes uh, to have certain, like, ostensibly Catholic values, but that is more about the voters changing than the party changing. I, I think that that's 
makes sense now that I said it. <laughs> I, I don't want to just like, like say things that we think are true. I buy it. Well, I think it's true. What, the way they framed an AP Gov was like that the parties have are called big tent parties, and they like try to take on the platforms of smaller parties and get those voters in and like represent as many people as possible or as mm-hmm. many people have to settle for them as possible because um they like have one or two interests in their platform and then ha- mm-hmm. they just have to settle for the rest of the platform and it's a direct result of our voting system um because you can only pick one candidate and uh also because of the way that we do campaign fundraising and like the fact that like there's only two parties who really get to do the debates and you know um like the way that we have like these long campaigns that cost a lot of money is a thing um which and you you know as um as i must meet the expectation of always bringing up australia my dad has always told me about the preferential voting in australia and it's always blown my mind a little bit and now i'm I'm like well yeah i don't know (laughs) I just always mm-hmm. thought it was funny. Like, they have some, like, really random parties, and I always thought it was a good joke. But now I'm realizing that um, it gives people more, like, uh, what Dan was talking about in the primary, getting to kind of vote with your heart more, not worry about what other people are doing as much. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the... I think so much of the logic that we have... I know this is very obvious. So much of the logic that we have right now is i mean the reason that i think joe biden is a candidate is because other people think that other people will vote for him that's not like i don't know that that's necessarily like collective act it's almost the opposite of collective action because you're just like instead of like actually building a movement of people who are going to vote for someone it's like not communicating with other people and just thinking that they're what they're going to do and having to react to what you think they might do. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm seeing your faces, and maybe that isn't... No, I, I think you're right. No, I think especially when, when you consider the people that Joe Biden... Like, I think about how many people, like, said both times Bernie Sanders ran for president, basically being like, he's cool, but he's, like, he's not a realistic candidate, or, like, he's not really viable, or something like that. Um, I think you're right. I think a lot of... The reason Joe Biden has been able to be successful in the way that specifically also that Hillary Clinton was able to be successful over Bernie Sanders was this idea of like who's who's of electability is like ultimately what you're talking about and like banking on who other people are going to vote vote for. And when we all think that everyone else is going to vote for the safe candidate, we end up sort of like manifesting that. Um, Sort of like if no one if no one person if no one's actually willing to like bank on everyone taking a risk then no one will take the risk or like risk in this case in quotes um of like choosing a even slightly more anti-establishment candidate yeah like so i love the green party platform and i would really like um to have a bunch of people vote for the green party and me vote for the green party and then the green party wins the presidency that'd be cool but I also think that we're, like, I mean, the, their Green Party's been running for a while. Like, they've been running candidates this whole time. And I don't, 
I think so many people wouldn't believe that it is that their vote will matter. That's the thing. They say it's throwing away your vote, but like, is voting for the under candidates really like getting anything out of your vote either? Like, I don't know. Like, yes. I don't like any talk that says stuff like that. That's why I was trying not to say Yeah, I said it in the quote quotes. No, no, I know. I, I am. No, for the listeners. Yeah, but, (laughs) but I, I don't know how to talk about that where, I don't know. Cause I think like you, everyone should be allowed to vote for who they want to, regardless of whether or not they vote for who wins, you know? Yeah. I think I I don't don't, talk about it. I don't like, I like the idea of voting being, and the the idea for voting is being ideological rather than like practical in that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just I it feels I mean, especially when like, is an ideology as well. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, cuz then it also like that idea of pragmatism also because like it doesn't the idea of what is you know, when we get back to this idea of like, oh, well this works for now or like that sort of I mean, that is sort of like the reform politics kind of mindset of like it's not, or I don't, that idea of like, it's not perfect, but it'll like, it'll tide us over for now, as in like, it doesn't really, and also like, that shouldn't be the way that we're operating. Like, that doesn't have to be the way that we operate, and everyone just sort of like is assuming that we have to operate out of like, I don't know, just like, yeah. yeah um, I mean, I think I don't, the, the thing is, though, is like the idea of voting for somebody whom you don't like necessarily like agree with on every, everything talking about like voting for them as the pragmatic choice um or like having a problem with that is like i guess the underlying assumption that voting the other way is is um effectual uh, in any way really like so i don't really think that voting third party i'm not going to say it's like unethical but i definitely don't think that it's like particularly effectual mm-hmm. yeah I and i don't... think oh, no you go keep going well, I, I'm, I I just know there's a lot of rage around this, from especially a lot of older progressive, like older than you, progressive yeah, You talk about the people. year 2000. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, why did, why were people so angry about that? I think one reason is, I don't even think that people who like voted for Ralph Nader were like, Ralph Nader's going to win. I don't even know if that was true. I think they were like, I want to vote for this person that I want to vote for because I align with their values. And I think... The other people were like, you lost it for us. We're mad at you. This is your fault. (laughs) And so then that's, I mean, that is what happened. (laughs) That's how people um, feel. That's not necessarily the truth. But that is that. Yeah, yes. That's what I mean. So I'm trying to figure out, like, why is there so much rage around why people like around third party voting? I think what I've heard around Ralph Nader and Bernie is. Um, people who have voted for the big tent candidate, um, they are like, who should I blame? Like, I did my part, and then they look to this group who they feel like should be aligned with them, and then they blame that group. And so then there's just a bunch of rage, and then a bunch of people who are like, but I was voting for my values, are like, why why are you mad at me? I'm trying to stick to what I believe. And the other people are like, you messed it up. And then we all hate each other. Which is, I guess, part of the reason I don't like the idea of, like, oh, you're throwing a vote, your vote away. Also, because then I feel like it turns voting into this, like, I mean, we've talked about it being a responsible thing, but I think it turns it into, like, a compulsory thing. And also, like, something that's compulsory in that it's, like, a chore. 
where it's like you have to vote and you have to vote for this specific party because it's a big tent party or you know um which if you're saying that you which have to vote for to my... the party that's going to win then that's what yeah. you're saying right you're saying you yeah, to, which is like essentially my, like, you're at all to the left then yeah. you have to vote democrat um i i don't like the idea of vote like ideologically i don't like the idea of voting as being sort of like a chore in that way um i think that is what these democrats that are like msnbc watchers are like we're oh, we're yeah. voting to win and yeah. maybe other people all are americans voting. i think that might be an american thing as if well. you voted like of if course you, no, if no. you want to back voted, the winner if you vote for someone other than biden and trump right now you're no way do you think you're gonna win that's just not why you're voting for that person i don't i'm think. not saying me i'm saying or i'm not i'm saying universal you I'm i can't imagine anyone voting for a third party right now in i this think they might be voting for with the win. idea that like it's they're pl- it might be like playing the long game of like yeah. winning eventually yeah. but not certainly not in the immediate yeah which is maybe what dan was saying about like how long mm-hmm. does it take to transform parties yeah. No, no, and no. How do I meant... parties transform, and how do uh, parties come into power, and stuff like that? Um, Julia, what I, did I, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I meant that the people who are voting for the big tent parties are saying are are the ones who want to be backing the winner. They want to be like on the right side. Mm-hmm. They want to be on the side of the power. Um, they want to have been correct because, like, who wins is supposed to be correct or the person people like more or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, I I think even, I'm not even, like, voting for who I think should be the president. I'm voting out of, like, a moral obligation because I think there's somebody who absolutely should not be the president. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I don't you, feel like I'm is, on, on the winning side or the good side. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I guess I get mad with the, especially with the Nader thing of, like, I don't know, my first, my first, like, eight years of life were under a bush administration uh like i i I don't i don't like when people get mad at third party voters because it feels like i'm like there's a much more obvious person that you could be attacking that like is morally bankrupt right and you're not attacking those people you're attacking the people like if you're if you're yeah it's it's just so much it's a lot of hatred towards people that you're like also theoretically trying to get to flip to your side which doesn't feel I mean, but I don't, I don't mean that me... in the, like, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar kind of thing, so I'm not <laughs> trying to say that. But don't you think that you also, throughout this conversation, have been like, um, Democrats are not my ally? So aren't you kind of saying the same thing? But I'm saying the Democrats so think first. that the left, like, can be, like, if you're trying to, like, they're trying to get the Democrat, the, the, like, people who are voting Green Party to become Democrats. At a certain point, I don't know how, like, I don't know, I think... I'm trying to like generally shift that, but I also don't think I'm going to start yelling at Biden voters for not voting Green Party. Like I'm not trying to reciprocate that. Like right, the right, hostility right. of, of uh, asking people mm-hmm. to vote against their values in order to like flip the system in that way. I think you should be able to vote in line with your values. I'm trying like, and I think trying to argue that people's values should be different than they or like pe- the people's political beliefs should be different than what they are is arguing that people should vote differently than how they're currently voting. Those are two different arguments. I mean, I agree. I agree on like the idea that you should be able to. We we should all be able to vote our ideals. I just the system we're in doesn't really account for that. 
But are you mad at people is, who continue to vote their ideals? Or just, I think maybe you should say, uh, Dan, you won't win if you do that. You won't win the immediate well, election. Because, I mean, you can do it. I Yeah, I, I... The system is not set up such that anybody but the two big tent parties can win. Like, voting yeah. for a third party, like, it's not going to win in a presidential election. Um, and that speaks to a need to, to change the system, I think, like, these are things I want to do outside of this presidential election. So, um, you want to shift me to saying that just, I'm like, trying to shift my language to, I'm uh, like, what do we say instead of it doesn't matter, your vote doesn't matter, you're throwing away your vote. And I, I think I've landed on, you won't win the immediate election, <laughs> which is okay. Cause there are yeah, plenty I mean, of things that we do in life that we don't win at, but we still want to do them. So mm -hmm. I think I've landed on something that I find is a respectful way of talking about voting third party. Well, also, I mean, to me, like voting for Biden and then Biden winning isn't winning. It's maybe in four years, a Democratic candidate will have to do better than Biden to be elected versus being better than Trump, you know? Like that, the candidates. What do you mean by running, better? Like more so progressive. The, <clears throat> that is what I mean by better. Um, just the like, I guess for me, it's like right now, all Biden has to do is be better than Trump, but mm -hmm. the next person running is going to have to be better than Biden, which is a s not quite as low bar. Um, but I don't think they. Have that's to be why I than would Biden. do that, huh? They well, always just have to be because like Biden didn't have to be better than Obama. Biden had to be better than Trump, right? Yeah. And so whoever comes after Biden doesn't actually have to be better than Biden. They just have to be, like, again, better in quotes, because I still I still question whether or not they're, like, how we define better is, is weird. Um, but, like, they still don't have to be better than Biden. They just have to be better than whoever they're running against. Well, if, oh, if I mean, someone is following Biden as an incumbent, following I a, guess. Yeah, following a, a Democratic president with a new Democratic nominee, because I, I, I think we've talked about, like, Biden probably go, won't go for a second term. And, yeah. Um, so, like, in four years, we're talking about a new candidate who will either have to, like, respond to the fact that Biden was unpopular because he didn't actually live up to right. any sort of hype, and then we'll have right. to, like, completely reinvent themselves. Or he will do enough and, like, be popular enough that, like, they can ride that popularity. I don't really... I don't know how I view Biden's popularity <laughs> like moving forward. Um, I feel like that's the time to get a third party vote in because the Republican Party, I mean, let's imagine this is like all made up and totally we have no idea of predicting anything. It's laughable that I'm about to say this. We let's can't predict two that, months. Let's predict four yeah, years. Though. Yeah, whatever. Okay. I'm like trying to get us to go on vacation in October. It's never going to happen. Um, so uh, let's imagine that Biden gets it and then the Republican Party is so like broken the tea party doesn't form but it breaks apart <laughs> and then there's a group of people who are like joining the democratic party who used to be a republican they team up with the biden peeps and then leftists finally are like get out get out of here and then they, <laughs> they can form their own um coalition and then maybe the next election is the right time to vote third party because there are times when lots of people vote for third party that's what happened with well, nader you can vote third party for midterm elections too so like you know third parties can, can win seats in oh yeah places. i, I just want to i have I voted just, for green party 
just not for president. Sorry for saying that incorrectly before. Yeah, I just want to mention that I forgot how the election worked when I said what I said. I was thinking it was just between Democrats because I live in Chicago. Um, yeah. <coughs> Whoops. There will be a Republican candidate, won't there? <laughs> I just forgot there oh was a Republican gosh. party. Well, I mean, Trump. assuming like, the Republican party continues you know to exist post-Trump, I don't know. Well, there is actually, uh, I have to call a senator at some point. Um, working on some Republican senators in Illinois for some state, like, state senator stuff, and there was one, and part of his district is in the northwest side of Chicago, and I was like, oh. Whoa. <clears throat> That's wild. Ari, what do you think so far? I think I feel a bit of a gap between what I believe and, like, the people that like, I think most of the people that are saying you need to vote are saying it as a practice, not as an ideology. And I think the Got reason it. I yeah. started listening and the thing that, like, made me is because I realized that the reasons that I was saying that I didn't want to vote were much more about, much more, like, those were, because it, like, like me trying to, like, I don't know, essentially, like, insert myself into the, th- into the like, right to not vote that I was, try- like, trying to i don't know like uplift as being a right for like not white people right for people Mm -hmm. of color and black and indigenous people especially like i realized me doing that and trying to insert myself into that narrative wasn't in line with my values and so i want to not do that and but i don't like i i really don't like listening to the people that are just like you need to vote because it's practical so i don't know i feel I feel sort of like you should be able to vote third party. I know, but I also know that most of the people who say that you need to vote, no matter what, like, will disagree with me on that. Uh, I don't know. I don't disagree I don't know. with you. I feel like for me, like, like the, part of the reason that I'm flipping to the point of I need to vote is that, like, I need to vote because not voting wouldn't be in line with my values because I'm white, right? And But I don't think that I need to, like, I, I don't know that voting for a person that doesn't win and that I know won't win like, I don't know that that's not in line with my values if I'm voting for what I believe in, right? Or if, I, yeah. if I'm voting because voting is a thing that I feel like I have to do. Does that make, sort of make sense? Like, I feel like the reasons that I would be voting this election are primarily ideological rather than practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but, and wonder... I think you would find some people that would be like, good, thanks for voting. I mean, there's also the fact that we all live in democratic states that are summary? not swing states. Yeah, um, I think there's so, some of them who like, talk about throwing your vote away that I also feel like, I mean, I don't know where, I don't know what I'm throwing. Like, what what am I throwing? The state of Illinois? Yeah, that's like, true. Like, always goes blue? Like, what are you talking about? There are a I lot think, of Republicans in Illinois, but I, I don't think But I'm just saying, I could Illinois vote. is not going to go red in a no. presidential election. Like, I could it's... literally, I could literally vote for Trump, and so I still could... wouldn't be throwing a vote away, because Illinois would still go blue. So, like... wait, maybe that's the strategy. Yeah. Have people in the blue states vote green, and then people in the swing states vote blue, and then I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to throw that up as a strategy, but, like, oh. I think if you live <laughs> in any but, like, six states, essentially, you heard it here, 32 people. <laughs> I haven't said anything. It's the new strategy, tonight, but it's also yeah. Friday. You haven't said anything. What? I feel like I haven't. Like everything I've said tonight has been like not well thought out. 
No, you're great. When are but... you going to talk about Jamie? Wait, we think Ritter? about That's the things we said. <laughs> I need to find something bad to say about him. Um, oh yeah, he's a billionaire. <laughs> Let's just start there. He has like eight houses. Like what? For who? Okay, so well, really, the art. Sonia, post this TikTok in the <laughs> the resources. Just kidding. I I post the resources. Um, <laughs> the uh the so the like TikTok saying Dan, I'm thinking of Ampat last night. Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring which, that up? Sorry, which part of our conversation with Ampat? Well, Pat? okay, so it was Dan's birthday yesterday, and. Mm-hmm. Dan's aunt and uncle came Thanks. over for an outside dinner and it was really cute. And um, we were like, oh, you know, like J.K. Rowling's a turf. And then, like, something about, I don't know why we were talking about J.K. Rowling, but we were like, and of course, you know, J.K. Rowling is a turf. And they were like, what? What is that term? It's like, oh. And I, I was like, what? I have to explain that to people what? a lot, actually. In, yeah. yeah, but in what, like, world do I think, I, I had no idea that that, I was like, Clearly, on you know the front page of the New York Times, it says J.K. Rowling is a turf. <laughs> like Wait, clearly, does. that's the information. It does not. Oh. It does no, not no, say no, that. That's a, no, it fair. absolutely does not say it that. Addie's world. And so, I was yeah, like, what so the? What little, are you talking about? It definitely does not. <laughs> it was a headline on Twitter. What, guess what? And then we were like, she, they were like, what? Tell us about that. We had no idea, and we we're like. Okay, well, here's an this example. most recent book example. that came out. And they're like, wait, no spoilers. And, and they're like, no spoilers. And we were like, what? And she was like, yeah, I just bought it. And I was like, what? I know, I know. And, and we were like, no, no, surely you could not have bought it because it was just. No, it would just like, happen. This if, just if happened. Re- if you've heard anything about the book, the only thing you've heard about it is the fucking layman's of transphobia things like 900 pages oh my gosh and and they were like no don't what don't give us spoilers we did buy it she writes them she wrote a new book and it's 900 pages and it is about a man who dresses up as a woman in order to enter women's spaces and murder them (gasps) she watched the documentary disclosure and she said i'm gonna follow this blueprint for making horrible media about trans people she said there aren't real stories of trans, of men dressing up as women to hurt <gasps> women. So I'm going to make one up, and it's going to be 900 pages. <laughs> Listen, I don't know who of the 32 listeners is in astrology or talking too loud. No, I just want to play J.K. Rowling. Yes. This, I don't know. If Addie, I need to do research. Meg, so I can, I can, so we can bring this in the book. Meg, Meg, being a fucking turf. Um, yeah, no, okay, listen, I don't know who the 32 listeners is into astrology. I'm a Scorpio, and I cannot imagine writing 900 pages of spite like that. I can't. Oh what my the? God. But she's a Leo, so. Oh my so God. I had to leave. I was like, Dan, you got this. And then I had to go to my queer fellowship group, which was so great and lovely. That feels like um, a good Dan, place to go to after talking about so great. I was like, <laughs> um, But uh dan what how did it go i I just like i i wasn't allowed to talk about the book so i just had to talk about all of jk's tweets and be like well jk rowling doesn't really believe in trans folks and hates them so i don't know great uh turf is a trans exclusive radical feminist stands for this Uh, meaning that J.K. Rowling believes herself to be such a feminist that anybody who's trans is 
anti-feminist, I guess. I don't know. I don't really get the viewpoint, so it's hard for me to describe. I Isn't it that, like, I clearly don't know what's going on. Um, I do not pay attention. I should, because the club. But um, also because people um, are affected by this. Um, but my understanding is that it's like, I'm a feminist, and women have these unique experiences because we're women, and only yeah. women who have certain genitalia are oppressed as women and really experience being a woman mm-hmm. and they're yeah, I mean, trans it's literally women, like, the definition of, like when when they're like turf is a slur like no it's a descriptor of what you're saying you are yes. you don't want to include women who you don't view as women trans exclusionary radical feminists but it's also like it's it's this idea where they're like, well, certain women have certain experiences, and a lot of it revolves around like having vaginas and being able to get pregnant, which are also not experiences that are exclusive to women. Yeah. But TERFs are also not stepping up to defend the rights of like trans, mask, and non-binary people when those mm-hmm. people like they're all. So it's also it's 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 not even like we only defend people with vaginas. Yeah. It's like we yeah. only defend but- cis women. <laughs> Right, right. But J.K. Rowling has one trans mask friend, so she knows what she's talking about, so. Who that's, is the trans cool. mask friend that is friends with J.K. Know. Rowling? I don't trust them. I, hanging out with, um, our friend Buck. Hanging out with Buck. Angel. Yeah, maybe Buck's the friend. <laughs> <laughs> they're just talking, they were like, so we don't think women, trans women should be allowed to be on sports teams, and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Anyways, that was a a total bubble that I was like, I did not know that these people who I talk to all the time did not have the same information that I had. Just, I mean, they they are, like, they have consumed a lot of media by J.K. Rowling, so I just would assume that they know know, about J.K. Rowling. Yeah. But I was wrong. wrong. Me too. It, I was, I couldn't have been more surprised. Oh my goodness. We're not giving any money to J.K. Rowling anymore. Not gonna do it. I mean, I think we had already decided that, but, like, I want to just say it again. I love that the new video game was like, this is not in connection with her. (laughs) She still makes money off it, though. Yeah, for sure she has to make money off of it. It just... Yeah, you that was actually one Harry of the, in, in the Gaily Prophet, we were looking at it yesterday, and um, it was, like, giving alternate media that you could uh, you look at, and Potter was one of them. <laughs> it just, like, the thing that I keep coming back to with it is I'm like, this so doesn't have to be what you have to do with your life. Like, get a get a hobby. You wrote, you're a millionaire. Like, you're so yeah, rich. It doesn't need to be... You could just not do this. Do. Like, frankly, just being an asshole on Twitter just does not sound like a particularly fun way to spend your days. Truly. It really bums me out because she, I've like <laughs> experienced her as being so creative. The idea that she can't wrap her brain around something that is so, to me, easy to understand is really frustrating. And I don't. It's mean, just so willful. Yeah. And her, I will say, like, her as a, actions are so willful. Like, as a trans person, I, I've sort of, like, my goal is never to make a cis person understand what it is like to be trans, because, like, ultimately, as much as you can understand the concept, you're not going to understand that experience, and that's fine, and you shouldn't have to, like, understand 
that experience to be able to like respect me but also like you literally wrote a book about magic like where people can like you wrote a book where people can like transform into animals and can teleport right yeah and you can't deal with trans people like you literally like it's not even like you wrote like a super great nonfiction. you wrote a book about magic yeah what gives (laughs) yeah well this is just another like this is another fake thing like like people like people dressing as women to commit crimes against women like that's just it's also a fantasy that is used with like legislation in our country to argue for Mm -hmm. it like Mm -hmm. but this one is not um, making kids feel great so Well, I brought that up not to bum us out, but I clearly have. But just to say, like, wow, I forgot, you know, we're all in our own bubbles. And um, it's a it's an honor to get to like to get the opportunity to be like, oh, you don't know about this. I would love to tell you. Uh, I have this information that I would like to give to you, which Dan was able to do last night. And then for that, we are grateful. But like without us being in relationship with those two people, they would apparently have never come (laughs) come up with the information that we had access to and um i don't want to tie this together with too neat of a bow but maybe like i think it's a a, i really love having this conversation with you all because we are all accessing the world from different places and i am made better by your access points and the ways that you share them with me yeah i mean i can't consume all the information like by just reading it online so talking to people is it's a better way to consume information a lot of the time actually Mm -hmm. this is this feels better and talking to people that i care about and trust versus like people on twitter who might be credible but i also don't i mean i don't care about beyond their you know value as humans yeah that i don't have relationships with i should say yeah i was just like I wasn't there the whole time, Dan, because I had to leave, but, like, I was happy that they were like, oh, tell us about that. Like, we we don't know about this. Tell us more. (laughs) And I think I'm I'm excited when I see people who are like, oh, I I really want to hear what you have to say, and I'm actually going to be changed after this conversation, as opposed to, I think, especially online, we have a lot of interactions where people are like, this is what I think, and I will stay here, and if you want to come over here with me, then you can also be in my space, but other than that, I'm not changing. But this was like a genuine in-person reaction where someone was like, oh, I care about you. And the thing that we both love is different than I thought. Tell me more. And that was really. Yeah, I mean, I think just like to expand that, like it's been, I think there there has been a lot of progress in like moderate Democrats uh, in the past like year in terms of like moving the needle Um in terms of what people are learning about, what people are um, actually considering for the first times, which is good, maybe a little too too little too late, but like, yeah, it's good to continue having these conversations. Mm-hmm. This podcast is recorded on Ohlone and Potawatomi and Miami and Peoria land. Our producer is Sonia Berg. Want to support them? Look in the episode description to buy them a cup of coffee. Our logo is made by Julia's sister, Sophia. 
She is 12 and a Democrat who doesn't agree with everything the Democrats stand for. Our theme song is by some TikTok users that I cannot pronounce, but they will be listed in our episode description. 